you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. He alone deserves us tuning this in and, and doing this for you. Thank you for allowing us to be part of your day. Thank you for bringing this in. We hope as we do this exegetical verse-by-verse study of the life of Christ, which I believe is going to go on for more months as we learn names, we look at the synoptics. We, uh, you know, When we get done with John, there's three books called the synoptics. They look an awful lot like each other, and uh, so they're synonymous. And, and uh, as we keep going forward, we're excited about that. With me close by here, Kevin. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, sir. So Kevin's going to be taking off soon for Fort Gordon. About the time you listen to this, tomorrow will represent our fourth year anniversary. And uh, wow. so on tomorrow's broadcast, we might mention it'll be the fourth year anniversary uh, of this broadcast. So it's a big day for us. So that means uh, God has been so good to us. He's so loving, so wonderful. And uh, we started like a week before COVID. We started with help for people with trauma and going through it. You couldn't have picked a better time. But uh, anyway, today we're going to be talking about grief and sorrow. And again, I'm going to read the verses, hop to some other ones. It just falls together better with this. It said, but Mary over in verse, uh, I'm sorry, in chapter 20 of the book of John, starting in verse 11, going through 13. But Mary stood uh, without at the sepulcher weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked inside the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. You see, old John and, and, and Peter, they had bailed. They went back to process stuff. Mary wanted more information. I'll tell you what, if, if there's something going on, a woman's going to get to the bottom of it. I'm just telling you that right now. Mm. If you don't believe me, you haven't been married to my wife for 40 years. And, and they say unto her, woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And, uh, you know, I think about that, right? Mary's got lots of grief going on there. She doesn't understand everything. You know, there's a presence of angels going on. But sometimes we deal with grief and sorrow. Sometimes it's real. Sometimes we're a little quick uh, coming out of the chute with that. Um, I, I remember a verse in Isaiah I wrote down here. It says, but now, uh, Isaiah 43, 1, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and that he formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. And, you know, God didn't only change Jacob's name to Israel. You know who else's name he changed? Yours. Y- your name is now Christian. You know, you are a Christian. And uh, remember, God has known us. He, he knew Mary, right? The Bible says over in Jeremiah 1.5, he knew her before she was born. It says, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Now I'm going to give you a spoiler alert and a warning here. This is a pro-life verse. Mm. <laughs> this is, this is a, you're alive when God forms your friends. When God yep. makes the decision, what God puts together, we don't take apart. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nation. So he's telling Jeremiah, I, I knew what's going to happen to you. I knew where you were going to go to. 
And uh, to him that the porter openeth, it says over in John, we read not too long ago, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. Tomorrow we're going to be talking about a portion of God knows your name. So tomorrow on our fourth anniversary, that's what we're going to be talking about. But but Kevin, there's grief, there's sorrow. But when we can go back to the foundational thing that God knew us when he formed us, brother, God knew the griefs and sorrow we we're going to deal with and God gave us a way out. Yeah. Yeah. He gave us he gave us a way out. And you know sometimes a way out is to look at examples of other people and to, to learn from them. And I don't know about you. I learned from good examples like King David and how he did things. I learned from bad examples like King David and how he yeah. did some things wrong. But um, we never have a bad example in Jesus Christ. But the people that surrounded Jesus Christ, they're not always the best example. For instance, uh, Peter and John were excited when they saw the empty tomb. Mary, the two Marys here, and I think Salome was there as well, they were they were uh, in. They were not happy. In fact, I, I looked this up, and and so this has to do with grief, which has to do with the scripture. So, um, so this whole um, this whole experience of the women coming to the tomb, it says in the book of Mark, chapter sixteen, that they were pretty worried about what they're going to find when they get there, because they said this in Mark sixteen verse three, and they said among themselves so about the Marys and Salome. Not salami, salami. Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? By the way, I think one of them must have been Amish or Pennsylvania Dutch, because when they said, who shall roll us away the stone, that says Pennsylvania, I'm Pennsylvania Dutch. You know, throw the cow over the fence some hay. Roll, roll us away the stone from the door. But this this fear, this, well, they were just kind of worried. Who's going to roll us away the stone? And I, I get it. It was a valid question to ask. And when they looked, they saw the stone was rolled away for it was very great. And when they got there, when they looked, according to what we're looking at in our text, their grief surrounded the fact that his body was gone. You know, he was, he was they were expecting, okay, the, who's going to roll away the stone? Oh, the stone's rolled away. Okay. And, uh, oh, no, his body's gone. So never mind what force rolled away this stone. And then it became, oh, well, we, so it's rolled away, but we can't anoint him. You know, just there's, you kind of look at the bad side of life, Doug, sometimes. And yeah. the bad side is that, um, you know what, you got your plans. We want to come and and try to anoint him and if we can find someone to help us you know kind of roll the stone a little bit we'll squeak through really want to get this thing this anointing done embalming which whatever you want to call it and with the spices the myrrh and the aloes the sweet spices the bible calls it in other places but the their their plans were really changed when they found the body that was missing and um they were weeping so peter and john were like woohoo and they were like, oh, no, they took his body. And, you know, what was the difference? I don't know that it was a gender-based difference. I think it was a difference that these two gals were just set up to worry. Maybe they were feeling deeper. I mean, hello, they were ladies. They tend to feel more depth of empathy. And they were feeling deeply about the death of Christ. And they were the ones that wanted to anoint the body. Hey, they weren't behind the, that ball anywhere. 
But I think when they got there, that there was an interception because they were like, what happened? Oh, no, they they got the ball. No, no, no. God still got the ball, but they have to um, recognize that uh, all the empathy is good, but stop weeping. You know what? You, I've been through some stuff that was that was bad, and I remember just kind of weeping in my heart about some things, and I found out that God's like, why weepest thou? You know, get up off your feet. I'm on the throne. Martin Luther's wife said, why are you upset? He's like, well, everything's going bad. And he's like, well, if you believe God's dead, good for you. I believe he's still alive. You know, when you get over it, we'll talk. And, uh, you know, just just sometimes I think grief is unfounded, Doug. Yeah, I, I you know, there's levels of that. I was thinking as you were speaking about uh, Mary and her grief and the different things like that. So customarily, your rabbi and your family takes care of your body. So the custom is, you know, so Jesus would be part of a, a, a temple or whatever the case may be, and these folks would come out and, they, you know, the family, they would pray with them, they would take care of everything real quickly. And, uh, but isn't it something, and, and, and it says, and by the way, in the synoptics, so the other women are there, we're, we're in John now, and it gets a little different as you go from gospel to gospel, but we know they were there. And we know one thing for sure, Mary was moved very deeply. And uh, again, look at Mary's plight. You know, she was family of God. She, she said, I'm family. I, and I want you to know something, folks. I'm family of God. Kevin's family of God. Your family of God. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're part of the family. And, and she was thinking, again, just thinking from a body perspective, Hey, what did they do with his body? You know, are they desecrating him? Are they going to burn him? Are they going to march his body down the street as some do for people who've, you know, claim we see that a lot in the Arab world. Uh, we've seen it in uh, Jerusalem in years gone by. They would take serious Jews, uh, people who are fighting with them and uh, the Palestinians and they drag their bodies dead down the street. And who in the world knows what they were thinking? But Mary's like, no, not Jesus's body. Mm. What did they do with his body? What did they do? And, and, and you know, there's a lot in, when we talk of grief in there. You know, uh, grief, it, it just hits us. And, uh, you know, grief brings with it lots of sorrow. You know, grief almost is it's the kind of thing, when grief comes along, it's just kind of a wake-up call that opens all your tear ducts and, and things like that. You're just right on edge saying, oh, Lord. You know, and there's a couple of things you can do when grief comes. I mean, you can go to God and, you know, and there's going to be grief in our lives, folks. I wish I could tell you that on earth here we're living a life without grief. But anyway, hang with us. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Hey, folks, we're back with you, and here we are again at John chapter 20, verses 11 through 13. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher right outside of it, weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? This is what the angels say. 
She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. So many things, you know, again, that can be going through our mind. We were just talking about that. But again, the practicality of this with us is sometimes, and you'll see in a few verses here, things get straightened out and stuff. But in our life, when grief shows up, and it's going to be there, it's real. It's, it's not if. Uh, let me tell you, you're either coming out of a trauma, entering a trauma, or uh, you're in the middle of one right now. I can I can assure you that. I mean, life is is that way. Things move. Hopefully, most of the time, it's not bad. Hopefully, most of the time, it's something that goes by. But how do you handle that? And uh, the lesson as we continue on and we keep on looking at that and and uh, tomorrow as we move forward with God Knows Your Name on the fourth anniversary uh, of this broadcast and, and the presence of angels, as Mary looks in there, she sees these angels sitting there with Jesus' body. The, the presence, it's supernatural. It's an inspi- you know, it's, to me, it would be a, an, an inspirational type of thing. You know, it's a supernatural encounter. So here's Mary dealing with angels as she serves. And, and we're going to get some answers. As we move forward, I don't want to give you a spoiler alert on some of this, uh, but this leads to a very pivotal moment in, in Mary's life. And so when grief comes, I was thinking about what Kevin said. He said, I was in this group uh, last night. He was in a Christian group and, and they're sitting around and, you know, people are bringing up their concerns and they're dealing with different things because of junk they've been through in life, because of traumas they've been through. And the best way to deal with grief and sorrow, obviously, is to go to God. The second best way to deal with that is go to God's people and talk it through. Yeah. And and that's what you guys were doing last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, and being able to bring up the ugly, being able to bring up and have someone say, hey, wait a minute, you know, that may not be all that bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe God's using that to do this in your life. Maybe God's using that, ma'am, so uh, another person won't come in your life and ruin it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe God's using that to show you something uh, for the betterment of you and your family or for the, you know, for the betterment of God's kingdom here on earth. And, 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 and folks, I, I will tell you this. I think that um, there's so many misunderstandings that come along with grief and sorrow. Mm. Uh, I think in my life, it probably represents 50%. There's 50% of life. I mean, you know, folks, someone dies, a loved one and stuff. That's grief. Someone deserts you. That's grief. You're going through things. I get all that. But every once in a while, it's like, maybe I got this wrong. And and mm. then maybe understanding why the trauma was there and why the grief there, maybe that's what God's going to use to make something great out of your life and testimony. Mm. Is that terrible? But we're, we're so apt, Kevin. You know, we're, we're, we're so apt to comp, you know compartmentalize when grief and sorrow comes in life. And, and, and that's where those dumb words show up. I'm no good. God can't use me. I might as well just stay here. Nobody loves me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the garden to dig some worms. I mean, you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Big that's when, juicy ones. yeah, that's when the stupid stuff shows up. Yeah. So there's two things I'm passing this over to Kevin. Remember this, when grief comes, go to God. That's a big help. Then go to God's people and work it through. Yeah. You know, before the break, I was I didn't want to sound like I'm invalidating grief, and these these sweet ladies in this text were were certainly they they cared deeply, they loved deeply. I think Mary, the one that Jesus said she had she loved much because she had been forgiven much, and and so it's this is an act of love when they're coming. But you know, I was thinking more along the lines of 
you know, Samuel, when he was, he, he just wept all night, cried all night because he had made Samuel, excuse me, had, Samuel had made Saul the king and it did not go down well. And God said, why are you weeping? You know, stop weeping, get up, you know, go anoint David. So there comes a point in grief where you have to move forward. But that's a different lesson. In this section here, I wanted to just say that, you know, I got a call, not, <clears throat> or I called someone uh, some time ago, and it was a, a pastor who had turned over a church to a young pastor, and it did not go well. The young pastor just was just, just wrecking the church. And now the old pastor, he, you know, he just witnessed it from, you know, from the reports or whatever. I've, I understand that I've been there. I have been there where you bring, you help bring someone else in. You make a recommendation to the church. It's their vote. They take your advice. They make the vote. Number one, you feel bad that you made the recommendation. Number two, you feel even worse that everything's panning out the way it is. And, you know, folks, sometimes you make a decision and things don't pan out well. It just goes down bad. You know, Doug's had it happen where he rec recommended someone to take over uh, a church himself, and it just did not, you know, it turned on him. It had That happened to me. I turned over the first church we ever planted. I made a recommendation to the church. Uh, voted him in. The first thing he did was make an accusation against me. <laughs> Just a light thing. He said, I want to sit down with you in the presence of someone. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he brought in his former pastor. And I remember sitting down <laughs> that day and that pastor he brought was looking at me like, I have no idea. This is weird. And I listened to him. I was scared to death. Like, what did I do? I'm surely it was inadvertently. And it was, it had to do with a bookkeeping thing that there was a tax law that this pastor, he was kind of a, the new guy was a tax guy, but he had some weird view. He'd never pastored before. He had this weird view of how to deal with church things. And he's like bringing in people from out of town, you know, to sit down. And that pastor did not say a word the whole time. He just had to look like, I wish I wasn't here. Brother, God bless you. Obviously, you're innocent. Shook my hand. He left ashamed. And I just, I chuckled as soon as I was told what happened. I said, oh, that's what happened. He said, okay. I had someone else tell me this is the way to do it. Okay, thank you. Well, let's fix it right now. What do you want from me? He's like, nothing. I just wanted to tell you that you messed it. You, you didn't do it right. Okay. Wow. I was in grief, brother. I was in grief going into that. I chuckled after. But you know what? I made it. It was weird to have made a decision. So I just think these dear ladies are grieving because things did not pan out the way they wanted. Doug, did you ever have something that just did not pan out the way you wanted? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that happens. That's why you need God and people to mm -hmm. sit around and like that guy, you know, just looking at your situation. What a knucklehead. First of all, you got Matthew 18. If he thinks you made a tax mistake and just say, hey, brother, I want to give you a call. There might be a mistake here. Will you look at this with me? And it's fixed. Yeah. 30 seconds later, it's fixed. And uh, But there's things like this in life, folks. I, I, I don't want to downplay. You know what Kevin went through? That's traumatic, too, when you're a young pastor and you're doing things. And that's a pretty traumatic thing that people accuse you of stuff. And I know some of you out there are working for folks right now where there's accusations. There's, you know, people speaking under their breath, things like that. Just be transparent. 
You know, if yeah. you're in that environment, just say, hey, what's going on? I noticed you guys, uh, uh, when I would go in for a meeting with people, especially in the Army, if I felt like something was a little bit amiss, I would go in there, and if they didn't cover the this, this stuff that I felt like was a little bit amiss, I'd say, excuse me, sir, but I, I've noticed this around here. And I want to work this out right now so we can have an awesome working relationship and we can bring honor to the United States of America while serving in the Army. That always freaked people out. They go, oh, well, what are you talking about? And it would fix it. And, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, sometimes we have to be that person uh, that is the grown-up. And, you know, mm. as, as you look at grief and sorrow and things we go through, you know, grief can hold you, especially in a work-type situation or a family-type situation. It can hold you and throw sorrow on you for years on end, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess a point that God's given us as we go out of here is, is be like Mary, cry, say, where in the world's the body? Mm-hmm. Say, you know, where's the beef? What's going on here? <laughs> what can we do to make this better so I'm a better employee and you guys are happier with me? Let's just move. I mean, that's just kind of the way we got to live. Even like Kevin said, when we're dealing with church folk, they can be weird too. Hey, guys, listen, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning us in. Tomorrow is our fourth year anniversary. Yay! Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.